Behind the Shades. Do you find that the boundaries are sometimes being tested or maybe they're not as firmly created by the parents? Well, boundaries being tested by young kids is just a normal part of development. That's their job, right? They're trying to figure out what are the rules of the world, and they always are going to test us as parents and caretakers far more than they're going to test anybody else in the outside world, because no matter what they say or do, we aren't going to love them any less. So that's why we get some of their ugliest behaviors. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to like being around them (laughs) while they're doing that necessarily. But that is a normal part of development. They're just trying to figure out the A's and B's. If I do A, am I going to get B every single time? And this is where kind of the the trail, the train goes off the track for parents is the consistency. They lack the consistency. And if kids are going to get B sometimes, and sometimes I get an F, and sometimes I get D, they're going to continue to test until they have figured out, especially young children when they finally figured out that every time I do A, I'm going to get B, then they can close this loop that's developing, a neural pathway that's developing in the brain that can say, okay, I'm good. I figured it out. No matter how many times I do this with my parent, this is always going to be the response. So I'm going to make the decision that it doesn't work for me anymore. And I'm going to move on to the next thing to test my parent on. (laughs) If I brought D's home, I think I would be homeless. I don't know what would happen if I brought an F home. Right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, you know, and one big thing that that I always like to go over with parents is to really understand like different parenting styles and their outcomes. Right. So we don't want to be the helicopter parent who's doing everything for our kids and letting them kind of walk all over us and giving them everything they want. Because then they go and grow up into an adult and they think that that's what their experience is going to be. And boy, that is not their experience as an adult. I have to pay my own bills. I have to figure out. I have to go to work when I don't want to go to work. We also don't want to be the drill sergeant parent who's telling our kids, you need to do this. You need to do that. You better take care of this. Because at some point in time, we're not going to be there anymore to tell them what to do. Both of those parenting styles, research has shown, lead to lower self-esteem an increase in mental illness um, and mental health issues as adults, anxiety, depression, because both of those styles send the message that you can't handle life on your own. You either need me to do it for you all the time as a helicopter parent, or you need me to tell you what to do. So we're actually undermining their self-confidence. So what we really want to do is be a consultant parent. We want to provide them with feedback. We want to have firm and healthy boundaries for ourselves. Like I don't hang out with kids that scream at me. You can go on up to your room and do that. Come on down when you're all done with that. I'm happy to talk to you in a calm voice. Like I'm talking to you right now. So the consultant parent's going to let them make the mistakes, give them natural consequences and demonstrate good boundaries because then kids can learn to develop their own internal dialogue where they're thinking, "Mm, boy, the last time I said that to my mom, it didn't work out so well for me. I don't think I want to talk to her that way again, because it doesn't work to get me what I want. When I think of a consultant parent, I think of you treating the child like an adult in a way, right? Where you're just based on the example you've given, where 
if I'm having a conversation with you and there's a behavior that you're doing that I don't appreciate or I don't like, we would have that conversation and say, hey, I didn't like the way you approached me and had that type of conversation. Maybe when you're ready to have a better conversation, you mm-hmm. and I can continue further. Would that be an accurate example of a consultative parent? That's a perfect example. And here's the the big bonus in responding that way to our kids is that we're modeling how we take care of ourselves. Like, I'm not going to interact with a kid who's being disrespectful to me. We're not going to say it that way. You can't talk to me that way, right? Because then that's just a, oh, oh, I can't. Well, yes, I can. (laughs) Um, But what you're doing is you're modeling how you take care of yourself. Like, I don't hang out with kids that are hitting. I don't hang out with kids that are, you know, yelling at me. They then internalize that, right? Because we're doing it. Our responses are always in a calm and assertive voice, right? Using I statements. Like you were using an I statement there. I would be more than happy to when you this, right? Instead of you, you, you. Because when we use the you's, people get defensive, right? So when we're modeling that kind of communication style and parenting style for our kids, they're internalizing that. So when they next time are hanging out at school with a peer that's maybe coming off a little bit too aggressive or too bossy or being disrespectful, they know this is not how I should allow, I shouldn't be interacting with people that are interacting with me in this manner. So I need to have a good boundary. And I know what that good boundary is because I see it consistently from my parents. I like that you mentioned consistency because I think many of us struggle not only consistency with our lives, Mm. with ourselves, with our friends, with our partners, with our children. It just seems to be one of those words like accountability, responsibility Mm -hmm. It's just we all know what it means, but do we always do it? Are we consistent? in our accountability or we or are we consistent in our inability to be accountable or worse yet we're consistent in being irresponsible for the parents who are working with their children who are trying to develop that consistency what are maybe some tips that you can share with them to help them make sure that not only are they consistent but they're holding themselves accountable when they're not being consistent Uh, The biggest tip that I give to families when they're working on implementing change, and when I say change, they're wanting their child to change, but that has to start with us. And that's where that consistency comes in. I always say, just start with one thing, right? Like if we have, if we have, if I go into a home where there's a little one who's hitting and kicking and biting and punching but they're also screaming and being disrespectful and they're not eating their food and throwing food at meals. We're not going to change all of that at once. That's There's many, many layers to that. So I always suggest to parents to start with the one thing that is draining your energy the most. So if it's a little one who's doing a lot of hitting or for parents who have maybe older kids, if it's kind of the back talk, right, that we see from, you know, now elementary age kids, not just teenagers, we're seeing it from elementary age kids. If it's the back talk, you want to address that one thing. So you look at the behavior, try to figure out what's going on to drive the behavior, because that's a big piece of it. Behavior from young kids, I always say, is like looking at an iceberg. What we see is just the tip. We have to understand what's below so that we can address it in a way that makes sense and works for both us and our kids. 
And usually what is driving behavior is a lack of feeling seen, heard, safe, or loved. Now, that's not to say that we as parents are, you know, um, doing things that maybe are causing our kids to feel that way. But for whatever what reason, our kids are feeling that. And it's not our job to judge what they're feeling or the relevancy of it to us because they feel what they feel. But we have to look at those behaviors and try to recognize, is this something that's being driven by one of those things? Because then we can look at how do I help facilitate change? Sometimes it's that our kids just need more connection. You know, they need more time with us in a positive way. I always say when behavior goes up, our one-on-one time with our kids wants, needs to go up. But usually parents do the opposite because they're so frustrated with their kids. They want nothing to do with them. They're driving me crazy. But it's an expression of a need a lot of times when we're seeing an increase in behaviors. So just starting with one thing, identifying the one thing that's draining all of your energy, and then identifying a strategy or an approach to deal with it and just stick with it until you start to see some change. Because if we start with the thing that's draining our energy most, and we're able to get this under control and see improvements there, we now have more energy to move on to the next thing that's driving us crazy. And pretty soon we've kind of got this avalanche of goodness happening where what used to be, I'm, I don't enjoy being around my kids to being, I'm really finding the joy in being a parent again. I actually had a parent say that to me a couple of weeks ago, just after implementing a couple of strategies that we talked about. She's like, my husband and I were just talking about how we're actually enjoying our child. Whereas a couple of weeks ago, we really were not because they were feeling challenged They were feeling overwhelmed by his behaviors. And really all it was, was he had a need. Once we identified that need and they were able to meet it, they were able to look at it through a different lens and find and see progress in eliminating the behaviors that he was using to challenge them.